Before we start this episode of the Lillian Magnolia Travel Podcast, I wanted to tell you about the Anchor app. It's the easiest way to make a podcast, and it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer, and Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so you can be around in places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other places. You can make money with your podcast with no minimum listenership. Everything you need to make a podcast in one convenient place. So download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. This is the Lily and Magnolia Travel Podcast with Dina, a Disney and Hawaii travel expert who will help you and your family make the memories of a lifetime. Whether it's the beauty, beaches, and culture of Hawaii, or the whimsical family experience of the world's most famous theme park, Walt Disney World, Dina is like a fast pass for vacations and is the first to know about upcoming discounts, cool new products, and everything to help make your holiday customized and perfect for you and your family. Now, here's your host, Dina. Hey, buddy. What is your favorite snack at Disney? Ice cream. Do you mean the Mickey-shaped ice cream? Yes. Good morning, and welcome to episode nine of the Lillian Magnolia Trail podcast. I'm your host, Dina Farmer, and I always say good morning because I try to record my podcast episodes um, when my little boys are sleeping because otherwise it'll be complete chaos. But I feel like I apologize, but I'm constantly competing with. Um, airplanes flying over my house because I live on Air Force Base, and um, I also live in Colorado, and there's these birds called magpies that have the ugliest voices. <laughs> so I, I apologize if you hear anything like an airplane flying over while I'm talking, or the magpies screeching because they found some kind of carry-on um, outside. I, it's, just, it's just life. It's just life. That's the bottom line. Um, so this episode is kind of unique in that the 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 guest that I was going to have on here didn't want to um, have her voice on there, which is nothing wrong with that. So I appreciate that we worked out something where I asked her questions and then she answered them and I'm going to elaborate on them a little bit. But basically this episode we are talking about the DAS at Tokyo Disneyland. And while it is the same, if you go back to episode two on my podcast, I talk about the disability access service at Disney, and I'm talking specifically about the two U.S. parks, but this one applies to the park at Tokyo Disneyland, and it's just, it's, like I said, it's, it's basically the same, but there are some nuanced differences. So I want to dive into this and talk about it a little bit, and then in the next episode, I have Nathalie Lim, who I keep screwing her name up, and I apologize in advance. Her name is Nathalie, but I kept calling her Natalie, and I kept apologizing. So um, you can count <laughs> how many times I said her name wrong, and I apologize, Nathalie. I really do. Um, but we're going to be talking about Tokyo Disneyland, and I wanted to, I know that's not necessarily um, special needs, but I wanted to talk about it because that is a destination that requires you unless you happen to be lucky and be stationed in Japan or Korea already are living in any of those countries or anywhere near Tokyo um it's it's more it's relatively easy for you to get there but when we're talking about an international visitor like it can be a lot more work and then planning in not just solely going to Tokyo Disneyland but also to explore the Tokyo metro area so without further ado I'm gonna go ahead and get started with um 
talking a little bit about Tokyo Disneyland's Disability Access Service. So Tokyo Disneyland's website is in both English and Japanese and um, sometimes I find the English site to be a little bit harder to navigate but why I'm directing your attention there is because it has a list of all of their attractions um, but really what I, I would like for you to do when thinking about a vacation there, especially when we're thinking about special needs, is to find a list of attractions or talk to me so that I can help you. Um, and then those attractions, look for them on YouTube because let's just be real, there, there's ride POVs all over YouTube for pretty much any theme park in the world. And this way you'll be familiar with what the rides look like so that you're not surprised later, <laughs> as always, when going there. So for example, I didn't know about Journey into the Center of the Earth. So we went to Tokyo Disneyland, my son got on the ride, and he was like, what is this? <laughs> because while it seems relatively calm and everything is fine, um, when you're at the parks, it's it's inside of Mount Prometheus at Tokyo Disney Sea, and at the very tail end of the ride, you go shooting out of Mount Prometheus and, you know, uh, uh, kind of a mild ish drop but it's that intense momentum of shooting out and then dropping and we should have been more prepared for that ride uh, in retrospect <laughs> and it has a really short height requirement too I think it's like 40 inches so my son was already tall enough to ride it and I I wish that I had looked that up so again make sure to visit the Tokyo Disneyland website check out the attractions and then go to YouTube or whatever video streaming service you watch and um, check out the ride POVs because that will definitely set you up for success and something I do when you work with me. Um, so they do allow for you to bring earmuffs or ear defenders or headphones or whatever you want to call them into the parks and that's especially important for those who have sensory overload. Um, my son did not use them but we could have used them and we probably should have used them while we we're at the parks and um, Tokyo Disneyland doesn't have a problem with you bringing them into the parks and I found that uh, <laughs> when I saw other people with earmuffs in the parks it seemed like the cast members more intensely waved at them to try to get their attention because uh, probably they can assume that they can't hear them as well because the sound is muffled so um, that's something to the, the cast members at Tokyo Disneyland and Tokyo Disney are big wavers. I, they must have the strongest biceps in the world because they're constantly waving and it's so adorable and it feels so welcoming to see those happy faces welcoming you into the parks. So just know um, you can definitely bring earmuffs into the parks and it should not be a problem getting through security uh, to bring them in. They, I was looking on the website and it didn't really list anything about light sensory or... Um, noise sensory, but just know that in general, both of those are going to be an issue um, for if you happen to have light sensory or noise sensory um, issues, which is why my son now wears earmuffs in the parks because we know that it's just too loud for him and he has complained several times on rides and it's very overstimulating. So uh, if you have, if you wear earmuffs in the western parks, definitely extend those to the rest of the parks around the world because it's going to be the same same thing and I don't believe that they have problems with sunglasses on rides I've never seen a problem with it so if you have any light sensory stuff going on um, they definitely are allowed to bring um, sunglasses on the rides and that I'm oh, sorry I just started thinking about water and that also pertains to water um, 
they do let you know, of course, that you will get wet. So if you have a child that has an aversion to um, uh, water, <laughs> especially getting wet or anything like that, I know there's some sensory stuff with uh, water uh, aversion, then just know that the the riots have advertisement, not advertisement, but they have signs outside that state what uh, you can mildly expect from the attraction like don't worry this if you're pregnant make sure you don't have back issues you must transfer and then you will get wet <laughs> so just know that those same warnings are on the, at the Tokyo Disney Resort as well so here's the, the question of the hour how do you get the DAS at Tokyo Disneyland so you can ask um, of course you have to go to guest services and at guest services they're going to ask you for a a certificate of disability so that can be something um, from your doctor that says yes this person has XYZ disability and then um, you will get your photo taken there and it's, it works up to again six people in your travel party so the same thing I think the only difference was having to bring that certificate or proof of your disability uh, which is legal in the American parks but just know overseas uh, they may ask you for that certificate. So once you've gotten your DAS from guest services, you can go to any cast member, which is a difference um, from the American Parks, because the American Parks, you have to go to a, a kiosk and ask and get the DAS there and get, or excuse me, get your return time there. So you're gonna go to any of the cast members on the first ride you want to use your disability access service. So again, that's different from the US Parks in which you go to the information kiosk and you'll just go up to them and say, hey, I wanna ride this ride, here's my disability access service. And then they will give you a paper return time instead of a, um, like you'll do it on the Disneyland app or the My Disney Experience app. Um, it'll be a paper printout and then you can use that it doesn't expire for the whole day, so you have all day to use that pass. Um, and you can choose whether you want to go through a, the fast pass entrance of the ride or if you want to go through a um, alternate entrance, which is a nice thing. And I think because the Tokyo Disneyland and Tokyo Disney Sea are newer parks, they have that option to do that. And if you are seeing a show or, um, you know, there like you have a little bit of a wait before you have to get on the ride. They have a holding area so that you'll be able to wait there while you're waiting for the show or the attraction um, to start. So I, I really like that, especially because that can take um, some pressure off of already being in a, a shorter line, but also um, some of the, the stimulus from how exciting <laughs> the day can be at um, the Disney parks. It's, it can be just really super exciting. So, um, of course, as I said in episode two, um, the DAS makes it easier for your family to visit the Disney parks. Don't feel any shame. Even if you don't use it, I think that having it available to you just in case is a great thing, especially if you have a child or a loved one that has a certain attraction that they 100 2,000, 50 million percent want to ride, um, this can make it easier for you to get onto that ride. Sure, the DAS reflects the current standby line, but you can go and do something else while you're waiting for your return time for the DAS. So for example, um, 
we went to Animal Kingdom. I know this is not talking about Tokyo Disneyland, but I'm just giving you an example that we went to Tokyo Disneyland and my son wanted to ride the Kilimanjaro Safaris, which is the cutest ride in the whole wide world, by the way. Um, and while we were, we got our return time and while we were waiting, I was like, this kid needs to blow off some energy because he's sensory seeking. So he's a pacer and I just unleashed him <laughs> at the boneyards that he was able to run around, get some energy off and then bring himself back down so that we could calmly ride Kilimanjaro safaris. So it was, um, it's great in that you can go and do something else or even grab some food because, you know, hangry kids at theme parks are a recipe for disaster. <laughs> so, um, how does Tokyo Disneyland, uh, help those with sensory needs. So on every ride, a cast member will ask you if the person with a disability is okay in dark places with loud noises and fast and sudden movements and um, if they're okay with safety measures because you have to evacuate yourself if anything happens on the ride. Um, they'll assist you in, until you get to the attraction, which is something that I am like, this is so amazing. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't. I didn't experience that at the Western Parks, but to have the assistance of another helping hand getting onto the attraction is something that I am like three thousand thumbs up because that you know I I will accept help when it is offered because I know that it takes a village, regardless of how old your child is, to get things done sometimes, and then to have that change in perspective or that change in individual. Um, taking you to a ride can make a situation better for us or sometimes worse, but generally better because the child can tend to react differently and just having that help getting to the ride, they can make it fun if there's a little bit of a wait even in the fast pass line. So um, it's a win-win in my book. Win-win. Win-win. So if you are curious about what limitations there are as far as DAS, again, it's just um, basically what your loved one can handle, but it's um, the limitations are that it's only up to six people, and if the person who has the DAS decides not to ride the ride, then nobody in the travel par- party can ride the ride unless they have a fast pass or they get into the stand- standby line, but they cannot use the DAS if they decide not to ride the ride. So for example, we got the DAS for the High Tower Hotel, which is basically the Tower of Terror at Disney World. And um, my son took one look at that ride and he was like, nope. <laughs> so we couldn't ride that ride because he decided not to ride that ride. And that's not to say that we, again, we couldn't have gotten to the fast pass line and done rider swap or gotten to the standby line and rider swap. But because he decided that he was not on board with that, nobody in the travel party can ride the ride using the DAS. So basically, the DAS at Tokyo Disneyland is, is pretty much the same as you would expect at the U.S. parks. There's just a little bit more assistance and a, a, an extra step or two to get the DAS. But again, I highly encourage you, especially if you're working with me, and especially if you have a loved one with any kind of special need, cognitive, hidden, whatever, um, get the DAS because it's just there to help you and it's not there to limit you and nobody's going to be 
able to tell, especially if you have a cognitive disability, that you have the DAS or um, like penalize you for it. So just just do it. You will thank yourself later um, for having a really amazing day using the system, even though it's it you know it's basically getting you you're in a virtual line as opposed to a physical line. But it can make your day at the park so much easier. So that is oh actually um, I did have some quick fire questions for her so we'll go into those and then I will let you go so for the person that I was interviewing her her favorite ride is Pooh's Honey Hunt which is the um, equivalent to the Winnie the Pooh ride at Critter Country and her favorite snack is Chulos. and just in case you didn't know they have like a million flavors <laughs> I'm exaggerating, but they have a lot of flavors of Cheetos and popcorn at Tokyo Disney. And my next episode with Nathalie, you will hear about my love for the different popcorn flavors there. But they do have um, so many Cheetos. Like there was potato Cheetos, there was strawberry. I think there was a honey one, a chocolate one. Um, there's so many. So you could spend all your time just eating Cheetos and popcorn at the Tokyo Disney Parks because all the little kiosks have so many different flavors. So when you go there, make some room in your belly and your room in your pocketbook to <laughs> eat both of those snacks. Um, her favorite quick service was the Huey, Dewey, and Louie's Good Time Cafe, and that's a Tokyo Disney Resort exclusive. Um, and I've been to this next one, which is um, her favorite table service is the Queen of Hearts Banquet Hall. It is super cute and of course it's exactly what you're thinking in your head it's um alice in wonderland themed with the queen of hearts everywhere and it's um it's really adorable it's a little bit on the expensive side but uh not too too bad but super uh, super good and then to be super duper 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 fancy as in like um citricos at the grand floridian, floridian fancy um there's magellan's which is in the tokyo disney sea resort in um oh gosh it's right next to 20,000 leagues under the sea and that one is super fancy it has the SEA theming so if you know anything about that then you'll know um it's it's heavily themed after that society um and her favorite park is both parks and uh yeah they're both pretty amazing in their own rights I personally love Tokyo Disney Sea more because it has unique theming that um you cannot find at any of the other parks and I'm just saying that being very biased because I haven't yet been to Tokyo excuse me I haven't yet been to Hong Kong I haven't yet been to Hong Kong Disneyland or Shanghai Disneyland yet but I'm I'm super biased against uh super biased for Tokyo Disney Sea. And then finally, her favorite holiday celebration is Halloween, which it seems the general consensus that everybody likes Halloween. So no shame in that. And it's, uh, it's, it's a fun time there as well. I think it's a little less Nightmare Before Christmas themes because they aren't as popular there. But um, in general, you can find pretty a lot of similar Halloween decorations. So this was it for the DAS at the Tokyo Disney Resort. If you have any questions, I will leave my information in the show notes. So of course, you can reach out to me if you are ready to book a vacation. Uh, 
it doesn't have to be Tokyo. It can be anywhere in the world. But um, let's end our conversation and see how we can get you and your family out on the road. So thank you so much. And I will see you real soon. Thanks for listening to the Lily and Magnolia Travel Podcast with Dina. Today's episode was jam-packed with fun vibes and great ideas. So if you missed anything, check it out on Facebook or Instagram at Lily and Magnolia Travel. And sign up for Dina's free newsletter to make the most of your day at the Magic Kingdom. Don't forget to subscribe so you're first to hear new episodes on planning your dream experience. 